listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 147, Caring for Your Patients with True Compassion. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love, or back in love, with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Hey there, my friends. Today we're going to talk about serving our patients with true compassion. Even the challenging patients. Have you ever had those patients that you feel like are kind of tough to love? They're difficult, we sometimes say, or they've got challenging personalities, and maybe you just don't click with them, or maybe you really don't click with them. You feel like you clash with them. So today I'm going to help you care for them with genuine compassion. And this is so important because as nurses, compassion is at the core of what we do. Like, yes, you can put in a Foley without compassion. You can give medications without compassion. You can dress wounds without compassion. It's possible to do the nursing job without compassion. But it's a lot harder and it's a lot less enjoyable. So while, yes, when you're compassionate, it often does create a different experience for your patients. Today, I want to help you create more compassion because for you, it's going to be a much more enjoyable experience and a much easier job to do. When we don't really feel compassion, when we're pretending all the time, it's exhausting. I don't like to pretend. When we pretend, we don't feel good, we don't feel in alignment with who we are, and it wears us out. So when we feel genuine compassion, then we can show up for our patients how we want to, and it makes our jobs easier for us. So that's what I'm gonna help you do today. Now today, In this episode, I am going to be talking a little bit about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, not in detail or anything, but I'm going to be using the example of Ukrainian refugees for a exercise I want to invite you guys to do if you feel like it's something you want to participate in. So as we talk about this today, first of all, if that's a subject that is triggering for you emotionally, if that's hard for you to hear about. I just want to give you that heads up at the beginning. But I also want to say that going into this episode, my intentions are very sincere and filled with love. And if I say something that seems off to you or insensitive or anything like that, I just want you to know that's not my intention at all. And I almost feel a little weird talking about this subject because it seems sacred to me to think of all the people in the world that are suffering so deeply right now. And so talking about it on a public platform like this, it's something I just want to be careful of and respectful of. So please bear with me and just know that I understand I'm not perfect. I understand that the way things I phrase things sometimes might not be perfect, but I just want you to know that my intentions are in the right place. And if anything I say isn't helpful to you, just feel free to disregard it. Okay, but I wanted to share this with you today because it was helpful to me. And I often feel like, you know, if that was helpful to me, then there are probably other people out there that it would be helpful for. So that's why I want to offer this to you guys today. 
Okay. So I started thinking about this because my husband and I, we've been talking about what's going on in Ukraine. And my husband was saying that he would love to go to Poland to help the Ukrainian refugees. And this did not surprise me in the slightest, because as I told you guys last week on the podcast, and I've mentioned before, one of the reasons my husband became a nurse was because he wanted to be able to help people in crisis. And this would definitely classify as that, right? So I knew that this was something that was close to his heart that he would want to go and help the people of Ukraine. Now, unfortunately, as he started looking into different organizations and trying to make plans to go help, he remembered that he needs a new passport. So we're not sure if we're going to be able to get that worked out and for him to be able to go and help, but it got me thinking about what it would be like to be there serving refugees and what an honor that would be even just to do something small whether it was to dress a wound or to offer a bowl of soup or a warm blanket that would be so profoundly meaningful to me and I know many of you guys feel that way that you've thought about how can you help what can you do to ease the suffering and many of us are just doing what we can right maybe you're donating to an organization that is serving refugees. Or the other day I signed up on this website, it's called Ukraine Takes Shelter, and it was created by a Harvard student. And it's basically like a stripped down version of Airbnb, but it's to match refugees with homes and with families who are willing to host them. So I created a listing on there, even though I know I live in a small town in Southern Oregon. And it's not very likely refugees are going to be able to come all the way from Poland to come and stay with me, right? They're probably not really looking in Oregon for places to stay right now, but that's okay. I was like, you know what? I just want to do whatever I can. So I'm helping in these little ways and I'm going to create a listing on here because even if no one ever comes and stays with me, which it would be such an honor if they did, even if no one comes and stays with me, I want my hand to be up. Like, yes. I would love for you to come stay in my home. And so that was one tiny thing I did that I was like, that's something I can do to help. Now, as I thought about that, as I was like, okay, it would be so amazing to have a refugee family come and stay in my home. That would be so meaningful. Or to go and provide medical care face to face. That would be such a fulfilling experience to have. And as I thought about it, I was like, even though I can't do that right now, or that's not the way I feel that I can serve right now, I do see people all the time who are suffering. My patients, I see every shift are suffering and are in need of care. And so I was kind of playing with this idea in my head. I was like, what if during my next shift, I went into that shift with the mindset that I was caring for people who were truly suffering. Like in my mind, if I was like, I'm caring for refugees right now. And it would be my exact patients that I have doing the exact same things they do every shift. So some of them would be really easy to love, really easy to get along with, grateful and kind. And others might be some of those more challenging patients with some of those behaviors that are harder for me to connect with. Maybe they're ringing the call bell constantly or saying things that I think are rude or inappropriate. Maybe they're refusing care or challenging 
orders or different things, right? So maybe they're doing some of those same exact things that my patients do often. And maybe some of your patients do as well. But I was thinking about if I went into it with the mindset that I'm caring for refugees, it would still be a totally different experience. Even with the patients doing those exact things, it wouldn't get to me. It wouldn't bother me. So I was thinking about why that is. And what I realized is it's because it's not the behaviors that our patients do that bother us. That's not what's irritating you. That's not what's making it hard for you to connect with your patients. It's all of your thoughts and the story you believe about them, all the resistance we have to their behavior. With our patients, often we're thinking they shouldn't do those things. They're being rude. That was uncalled for. That's not justified. They should know better. And we feel irritated and annoyed with them. And we don't feel compassion. We just try to pretend, right? But if I was caring for someone I truly believed was suffering deeply, like a refugee, then when they did those behaviors, I'd be telling myself a totally different story. I'd be thinking totally different thoughts about them. I'd be thinking, they're scared. They're grieving. They've been through so much. I can't imagine what they've been through. Of course they're responding this way. It makes total sense they're acting this way. And I'm here for them. Whatever they need, I'm here for them. I'm happy to get them another warm blanket, another cup of jello, whatever they need. And what I want you to know is all of those thoughts are available to you right now about the patients you see every day. And those thoughts aren't a stretch, right? Like if we think those same exact thoughts about our patients we see daily, it's true, right? They're grieving. They're scared. They've been through a lot. They're suffering. And we're here for them. That's what we're here for is to help them, to give them what they need. And if we can think those thoughts instead, then we generate true compassion. The biggest difference in those thoughts is we're letting down our resistance. When we think we know how other people should act and how they should respond and if they've suffered enough to warrant their behaviors and their emotions, we're resisting them. What if instead of thinking we know how they should act, we decided, no, Frank knows how he should respond to this situation. Ethel knows how she should respond. Mary knows how she should respond. They're being them perfectly. When we let down that resistance, then we don't get irritated. We don't get angry and frustrated. Now, I'm not saying that we want them to behave that way, that we would choose that. We can still set boundaries and protect ourselves and make requests of people. That's all appropriate. But instead of thinking we know how other people should behave, let's decide they know how they should behave. They know what emotions they should be feeling right now. It doesn't mean anything about me. I think that's a part of the reason we put up our resistance is because we make it about us. We're like, I didn't do anything to warrant that type of treatment. I didn't mess anything up. I didn't do anything wrong here. When we make it about us, then we get defensive. 
Then we start resisting them. But it's not about us. It's about Frank and his emotions and how he knows how to respond in this situation. And Mary and her experience. That's who it's about. So it doesn't mean we did something wrong. We can just be like, okay, this is how they should act in this situation. Now, who do I want to be? So when we let down that resistance, then it's easier to tap into those thoughts of compassion. When we truly believe like this patient is suffering, there's someone who needs my help. I'm here to care for them. Then we can have more patience and love and compassion for them. And when we genuinely feel those emotions, then we're not pretending anymore. And like I said, when we pretend, it's way harder. We feel drained by it. If we're pretending to feel compassion, when really we're feeling irritated, then we have to go through this whole thing in our minds when we're interacting with patients. We're like, okay, what would someone say if they really felt compassion right now? How would I act right now if I was really feeling compassionate? Because we want to be professional, we want to give good care, but we have to push through and fake it on top of our irritation and annoyance. It's kind of like, have you ever tried writing any fictional things where there's dialogue. I haven't done too much fiction writing, but the biggest like project like that that I can remember was back in middle school. My class wrote a book together. We were in groups and each group wrote a chapter of the book. And I was trying to write dialogue. And it was kind of hard to write dialogue when I wasn't really that character, when I didn't really know what they were experiencing or how they were feeling in that moment. It was hard to think, what would someone feeling that way say? But that's what we're doing our whole shift when we're pretending. We're like, okay, what would someone feeling compassion say? How can I make this believable? It's exhausting. It takes a lot more effort. Instead, why don't we be someone who's genuinely feeling compassion? And so that's what this exercise helped me do when I was like, okay, if I thought of all my patients as if I was taking care of refugees... Instead of being like, what would someone feeling compassion do or what would they say? It switches it to what would someone be thinking in order to feel compassion? And so when I put myself in that mindset of caring for people that I felt were truly suffering, it was easy to access those thoughts. But like I said, you can believe those thoughts right now. So that's a little exercise that if you feel like you're in a place where it would be emotionally healthy for you to try out something like that. I think it could create a profound experience. I haven't had a shift yet since I thought of this, so I haven't gotten to try it out myself, but I think it'll be really cool my next shift to go into it being like, okay, I'm caring for people that are truly suffering and maybe even playing with the idea in my head, like I am caring for refugees right now. How would I show up then? How would I think about them then? So if you want to try that out, I think it could be interesting. I think it could create a really powerful experience. Now, if that doesn't feel like a healthy thing for you, if you feel like I wouldn't be able to function during my shifts if I thought about it that way, then don't do that. Don't try it out. But maybe there's another population that you feel is really close to your heart that are people you would love to serve, even if they were acting in challenging ways. Ask yourself, what would I be thinking about them? What would I be thinking about the impact I'm making and the work that I'm doing? 
That's how you can tap in to genuine compassion and fulfillment. Now, the other thing I loved about this exercise and this train of thought that I've been on was I know that sometimes we feel like we can't help. Maybe you feel like you've tried the different things available to you. You've made a donation or tried to support organizations in different ways, but we feel so far away from what's happening. We're not sure how can I help? And I believe one of the best things we can do is to bring more love right where we are. When we see all this suffering on the news, we want to ease that suffering. We want there to be less suffering in the world. And we can achieve that goal. We can bring more love to the world right where we are. One of my sisters is an awesome painter and she does abstract artwork. And several years ago, she gave me a painting and it's of these people, they're abstract figures of people and they kind of look like they're dancing. But up above them, they're carrying this big slab of ground. And she titled the painting, Lift Where You Stand. And I love that. I love that idea. We can look around and make a difference right where we are. I know some of us would love to go to places where we think we can really make a difference. Like my husband would love to go to Poland. And that's awesome to do those things. I'm not saying don't do those things, but if you're not able to do those things or in between those experiences, lift where you stand. Make the places around you a little bit better. Bring more love to those places. So while I would love to ease as much suffering as I can, specifically for the people I see suffering in Ukraine and the Ukrainian refugees, I have people right in front of me every day who are suffering, who are in need of love and compassion, that I can bring my skills and my knowledge to, to help them. And you do too. You have your patients, you have your family, you have your friends, you have your neighbors. There are people around us everywhere. So we can help create less suffering in the world and we can help bring more love to the world right where we are. Okay, so one last thing I wanna mention is when we feel compassion, when we see so much suffering around us, whether it's on the news or with our patients and the people immediately around us, when we're feeling compassion, sometimes it can go over to what I call dirty pain. So compassion is clean pain. It's, it doesn't feel good, right? There's sorrow and grieving involved, but also mixed with love and it's motivating to us. That's clean. Sometimes we feel so much compassion that we start to add other emotions to it that aren't cleansing and motivating, but they feel really necessary when we see suffering. So maybe you start to add hopelessness or discouragement or fear. Now, the thing with those emotions is it's okay that you feel them. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling them, but I want you to know you don't have to feel them. Sometimes our brain plays a little trick on us. Like my brain does this sometimes where when I see other people suffering, I think then I should suffer too. I should emotionally suffer to be able to empathize with them and be there for them. So if my child is really upset about something, 
then I'm like, oh, I should grieve too. I should be upset too. Sometimes that feels like the compassionate thing to do, right? But what I want you to be aware of is that your suffering over someone else's suffering does not make them suffer less. Okay? So hear that again. You suffering about someone else suffering doesn't make them suffer less. So while sometimes when we do suffer a little bit, when we feel that compassion for them, it's motivating and helps us do things that do help them suffer less, right? Then we take action because we feel motivated to care for them and provide the support that they need. That can be really useful. But when we pile on more and more layers of suffering, often it immobilizes us. Then we don't move forward. Then we feel helpless and hopeless and discouraged and tired. So we don't end up making a difference. So as I've been talking about reducing suffering in the world, one way you could start, if you're like, I want there to be less suffering in the world. One way you could start is by deciding, I'm going to suffer a little bit less. I want to keep some of my suffering, right? That clean pain. I want to keep that compassion and grief. But when I'm ready, I'm going to let go of some of that other suffering. I'm going to let go of some of my fear. I'm going to let go of some of my discouragement and overwhelm. That counts, you guys. Reducing your own suffering does count towards reducing the overall suffering in the world. And when you do that, you feel lighter. You lay down some of your burdens, and then you have the energy and the capacity to go help others do the same. So that can be a place to start. And as you do that, then you can get to that clean area of compassion to serve your patients and create a much more fulfilling experience for yourself. All right, my friends, I would love to hear your experiences. If any of you try out this exercise, I would love to hear how your shift goes. If it's a different experience for you, if you feel true compassion towards your patients and how you're able to respond when they have some of those behaviors that you normally find challenging. I'd love to hear about it. So come find me on Instagram at Thriving Nurse. Let me know how it goes. Send me an email. But I wish you guys the very best. As we generate compassion, we'll feel so much more fulfilled. And I know that's why we went into nursing. We want to care for people. We want to connect with people. And we want to know that we're making a difference. And it's totally possible. As you lift where you stand and you bring love and compassion right where you are. All right, my friends, have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you next week. Take care.